Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, you know, uh, just... Uh, just making it through the week here, still uh, watching the, the reverberations from last week's capital attack. I guess uh, yeah, as, we speak, yeah. as we speak, the, uh, the Congress is, is voting on the, the procedural first votes on a uh, second impeachment of, of, uh, of, of Trump. Yeah, so, I, you know, it's, don't you think it's like, you know, a, a little late? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I would like to see him just quit. You know, um, right. the thing is, if he resigns, if he resigns, he keeps his like pension as being a president <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. He keeps his salary till the day he dies. So yeah. I don't know why he would want to fight all that. You know, why not just resign and say, yeah, OK, yeah, I'm going away with my with my money that I make and my health care and all that kind of stuff all for free. So, but he is what he is, you know, and, and uh, um, I, 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 you know, it's, you know what the opposite of progress is, Renee? Um, tell me. Congress is the okay. opposite of Congress <laughs> because these guys can't get it together. You know, I, I just, it's, it's crazy going nuts, but I would like to see him, you know, leave in handcuffs or, you know, some zip ties. But sure. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Not, not right now, anyway. He, he may ultimately wind up in some zip ties, but, uh, you know, we'll Well, we'll see. I mean, he's got this power of pardon. You know, he can pardon. He's already pardoning, you know, his kids and all that. This is what I hear, you know. I don't know. Um, I just want, uh, what is it, January 20th or January 19th? Yeah, I think that's the 20th, yeah, is the yeah, inauguration. Yeah, I, I just want that day to come and, and, right. uh, and go. Uh, and we'll see what happens, and we'll see what, what his followers will do and stuff like that. Um, the one good thing is is that uh, since that whole thing, the riot, uh, the storming of the Capitol, I mean, the FBI, the CIA – are fucking rounding up these guys big time. They're right. finding them. They're finding them, which is, I think, is a great thing. I, I think, yeah, yeah, find these fuckers and and put them, you know, charge them with as much, you know, charges as you can. Because, you know, and it was sad. I mean, because I don't think we talked about it, but, you know, when the Black Lives Matter people were there, they had, like, the fucking military out there with, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. But when these fucking uh, Trump guys, and, and I know there's conspiracy theories talking about how the Pentagon like delayed the the the, uh, the, the deployment of the National Guard and stuff. You, you right. could talk about that all you want. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. I really, you know, whatever. I just want this to be over with. But I don't think oh, you yeah. know. Everyone thinks. I think everyone thinking 21 is going to be a good year. I not for a while. <laughs> not for a while. Yeah, we got a we got a, a a big deep hole to dig ourselves out of. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. But well, you know, an, an interesting thing you were talking about how they're finding all these people who were there, all these these uh, people that had had broken in and and uh, you know ransacked the Capitol because in many cases they filmed themselves and they put it all up on social media 
and these people are so stupid even after you know you had five deaths resulting from this and and all the backlash they're still proud of of what they did so they've left all that stuff up so it's very easy to track them down you got their names right there and this is so it's even in new orleans uh my son made me aware of a family that we've we've kind of um played a lot of intramural sports with my son was involved in baseball for many years at carrollton boosters and mm -hmm. uh there was a uh, another family who who had a couple of uh twin boys that that played in this league for many years and they had the the dad who you know always seemed like he was on uh on steroids or testosterone from the time he was in his 40s you know these guys that are way too too old to be putting on muscle mass and and uh, spending way too much time in the gym and uh, just kind of general assholes. You know, I always got this vibe from him. Well, sure enough, my son goes, oh, check out this person's uh, Facebook page. And I go and look and there's pictures of the whole family there at the uh, at the at the, mm. the pre-riot rally. And then there they are in the, the Capitol grounds. And and, uh, and then I start examining their the the previous posts and it turns out oh these people are totally nuts you know <laughs> and have well, been doing this yeah, for some it, time it, it's scary i mean your next door neighbor could be you know that way you don't know i mean unless you yeah, know yeah not on my block uh, i think we, yeah. we got to yeah but you're right generally yes you who, who knows yeah, you, what uh, you what know, evil lurks uh, in the hearts of men well yeah it's always you know there's, what's that great line uh what's he building in there and that's from Tom Waits, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, I got my neighbor, uh, blah, blah, blah. What's he building in there? What's he building in there? It's a great song. Right. By Tom right. Waits, you know? Yeah. I, you know, it's like, I'm like a lot of people. I, um, I drink too much and, okay. um, and I'm, uh, just waiting for this to all end. And, uh, but I don't think as far as COVID and this whole political thing, I don't think anything is going to be back for at least another six, seven months. And I, I hate to say that for people like you and our guests, um, right. that I, 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 you know, they're already delayed jazz fest and French quarter fest. And I just don't think, and as long as there's idiots out there who try to just say, you know what, it doesn't exist. If this doesn't happen, we're going to keep getting more and more strains of this uh, virus. And, even though the vaccine's coming and all that, there's, um, I mean, that's going to take a while. It's going to take right, a while. Right, right. And it's it's mutating as we speak. Yes. Yeah, it's mutating as we, and in fact, you know, I work at the big campus here and, and the kids from all over the country and all over the world are starting to come back onto campus. Yes. And who fucking knows what they're bringing, you know? Right. And uh, it's, uh, it's scary. It is what it is. And, uh, I, I just, you know, I'm just the guy who just punches in, punches out, and get the fucks off campus because I'm, uh, you know, the spikes from California, New York, and now places like, you know, South Dakota and all that. And there are students from all those states that are here that are in New Orleans now. They, they're arriving as we speak. Yep. You know? So anyway, you know. I was going to say the campus has a very rigorous uh, protocol of testing. So I guess before oh, yeah, those yeah, people come yeah. back onto campus, they're going to run them through a, a, a test or two to, to yeah, kind of clear. Yeah, but just like we talked about 
four or five months ago, you can do all that as, as, the, as the universe, you can do all that. But once the weekend comes where there's no classes and all that kind of stuff, you can't stop these kids from going to these parties and being sure. spreaders and going to the quarter and you can't stop them. And, and, you know, we were all young and we all thought we, we, you know, we're the strongest, we're against the world, you know, fuck you to the authority and all that. We'll see what happens. You know, I don't know. We'll see right. what happens. But what I want to talk about, I want to talk okay. about, um, you know, uh, my 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 uh, my good friend uh, Alex Trebek. You know, he yes. he did his he did his last show. They they aired his last show last Friday, right. and they started airing new shows with. They're going to have substitute hosts for a while until they find a permanent host. So I watched the last few shows with the um, the new the substitute host or the you know uh, Ken Jennings who was a big winner he was like the all-time winner of Jeopardy and right. and uh, I was watching it and watching Jeopardy without Alex Trebek was like for me faking an orgasm it was just it okay. just was, didn't seem right just didn't seem right you know and, well, uh, you think Ken Jennings just needs to kind of uh, get his rhythm, you know? It's it's hard to, to replace well, a guy who's been there for so many years. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. He's uh, he's not Alex. No one will ever be Alex. He he, he he's got. I think he's going to be uh, substituting for like four to six weeks, and then they're going to have. I think Katie Couric's going to come on and do a week, hmm. and uh, they're going to have some other people. But it was odd. Um, he did as best that he could. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of bland. He's some, he's like from Utah or something like that. So okay. he did all right. He did all right. And the contestants, you know, they were fine. And, uh, the questions were hard as hell and, uh, it was all, it was all good, you know, in some ways, but, uh, it's never going to be the same. Not, you know, you know, for someone who starts watching Jeopardy, like today, who doesn't know who Alex Trebek is, then they'll be okay with it. You know, it's good. You know, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, tough it's hard. It's hard to, to lose these, uh, these icons, man. And, uh, cause you know, there'll never be another one. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the one thing. I mean, uh, I would like to be remembered as an icon. That's yes. such a cool word. Icon. Right. You know, I don't really want to be remembered as some rich and famous person or this kind of person, or an icon. That's cool. Yes. That's yes. Cool. Well, I think, I think you're, you're well on your way, Manny. I think, uh, you know, that we're, we're working, <laughs> working every week, working every uh, election cycle to, uh, to uh, cement your place in history. I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. I hear you. I hear you. What else is going on with you? Oh, um, not too much. You know, well, we, we talked about last week how I had a, a gig lined up and I wasn't sure if phase one of the COVID uh, protocol was going to uh, was going to get in the way of this gig. In fact, it came off. It was there at the uh, Broadside Theater, the new venue, the outside venue and screen that they they put up right next to the Broad Theater. And man, it was very successful. I mean, it was a chilly afternoon. But uh, sounded great on the, the outside stage. It looked cool. Uh, had people showed up. They're all bundled up in their their uh, you know coats and scarves. But stayed the whole time. Had about eighty people out there in the in the crowd. And so did they was, pay to see you? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so That's there's regular. like a, actually a gate that they have to walk through and pay. 
Yep, yep. They have it all fenced and, off. And this was your band, the Iguanas? No, this was uh, Lynn Drury. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, well, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that broadside. It's right in my neighborhood. Right. But I don't want to leave the house, so I, didn't, I don't want to go out there. Sure. Well, it, it'd be a little bit chilly for you right now. I mean, chilly for me. I, I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to go sit and watch something in 45-degree in, uh, weather. But, you know, we'll have warm days, warm weeks uh, coming up. Could be next week. Who knows? You know, winter in New Orleans, it's in the 40s today. It could be uh, in the 70s next week. Right. Exactly. Well, there's one thing I wanted to tell you, uh, Renee. Okay. All right. Um, the deadline to sue the Archdiocese of New Orleans is March 1st. So okay. if you have a suit against them, you have till March 1st. Because okay. I'm thinking of suing them anyway. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Even just, though I, I, I didn't grow up here, I'm thinking of just suing them anyway. Right. You know? Well, you did you were exposed to the Catholic church. So, you know, who knows? Right, it's yeah. like I, I, I keep trying to think back myself. Is there something I'm missing here? Is there a, is there a, a, a memory I haven't recovered yet? I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, Hey, listen, get a lawyer. You can find that memory somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Hypnosis yeah. or something. No, yeah, no, no. I'm, I, I seem to have made it through all right. You know, I, I know the. I, I told you I did apply for uh, for the the uh, the altar boy position, but got turned down. As I said, I think maybe I looked like someone who couldn't keep their mouth shut. So right, you yeah. couldn't keep a secret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, March first is a deadline. I'm just putting it out there to uh, the people. If you want to sue the Archdiocese of New Orleans, you know you got till March first because after March first, it's done. Okay. It All is right. done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, anything else you want to talk about? Nope. No, I think that covers uh, all the – brings us up to date here. Okay. Well, one thing I want to say, um, you know, uh, this year will be the uh, uh, a mayor's election in the fall. And, and yes. uh, I've already heard from my, uh, my, uh, my people who work for me mm-hmm. um, that uh, LaToya is already raising money. She's raising okay. money big time. Big time. And um, um, also, I, I don't know if you got this, because I don't know if she's your representative or anything like that, but Helena Moreno, our, a councilwoman mm-hmm. for the city, she sent me a holiday card huh. from her and her staff. And I don't know if she's thinking of maybe trying to challenge LaToya. Or maybe okay. she wants to be the new. Uh, maybe she wants to be the new governor. I don't know. I just found it very weird that she sent me a holiday card, even though uh, you know I've met her in the past, and she really doesn't like me that much. Yeah. You know? No. Are you sure? I think maybe she just was afraid that you might uh, you might uh, introduce too much jocularity in. Uh well, there the was that time during during a debate with Mitch Landrieu when she was hired to be a consultant for Mitch, and because uh, Mitch had so much money to spend that he had to spend it on something, he didn't need a consultant. He was going to win. He was the incumbent. Right. And uh, after the forum, we all went back to the green room, all the candidates, and uh, I went to try to shake Mitch's hand, and uh, she had all of Mitch's people circle around him. So I couldn't get in. <laughs> so I couldn't get in to shake his hand. And she looked at me 
And, uh, you know, anyway, she's all right. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, I, I, I might support uh, Helena Moreno. I, 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 uh... You got a thing for her? I don't have a thing for her, but she seems like she's a, she's a thoughtful person. I don't know. Well, she speaks Spanish, so that's a good thing for her. Right on, right on. All right, well, that's all I got. It's been kind of a slow week. That's all I really have. So let's get to our guest because she's exciting to me. Yes, yes. She really this guest is. is yes, she, she's been on our list for a long time, but she's, she's right. a very busy person. And, and so uh, we almost had to wait for a, uh, a national catastrophe to, <laughs> to free up her schedule. And, and uh, I, I guess, you know, our prayers were answered. So uh, it's all working out here. Um, so... She's a, a James Beard award-winning chef. She's a owner of several restaurants, uh, some of our favorite restaurants in the city, uh, Biona, Rosedale, uh, Mondo. Um, she's an author of a terrific cookbook, The Crescent City, Crescent City Cooking, Unforgettable Recipes from Susan Spicer's New Orleans. Without further ado, Ms. Susan Spicer. Welcome, Thank Susan. You. And of course, Renee, one of the original Iguanas fans from way back. Nice. Oh, okay. Right? Nice. Yeah. Yes, yes. Also a Geraniums fan. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, well, I was even remembering I was listening to the podcast with Cranston and I was remembering Sex Dog. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you oh know. God. Cranston's uh, a, a Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was a pretty funny podcast. The whole Clemens family is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me, Susan, that uh, you actually, uh, Cranston had come into Rosedale, and, and, and you said, uh, and, he, and he brought that other character, Phil Degree. And I had to say, oh, yeah. point out, well, Phil was also a, 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 a guest on the Troubled Men podcast. No doubt. I would expect no less. He's a right. very color, colorful character in many ways and a, a, a dear person. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so, so y you go back a, a long way with all these people. Now, uh, like, were you going to the uh, the warehouse? And how far oh back? Did you, was, I worked. I worked at the warehouse. Really? Oh yeah. I was. Uh, yeah, I used to like pass out posters and flyers and stuff for them, and work the ticket booth. And oh yeah, I was at all those shows. And yeah, for wow, you know, cool. Yes. Right out of high school. Oh, okay. Were you, now, were you were you uh, studying to be a chef at that time? Oh no, no. Oh, okay. I was. Uh, I did my my extensive uh, college career one year at UNO um, before I uh, took off and just kind of did some traveling for a while. Now it took me it took me quite a while to get around to um, the the culinary thing. Hmm. I tried a lot of different things, but I was, you know, just trying to find something, something creative, but, uh, you know, I love music and live music and, and everything, but I, uh, unfortunately had no talent. My younger brother, Tom had all the musical talent in the family. Okay. And, uh, so when you yeah. say you did other things, does that mean you dealt drugs? That is one thing I never did, Manny. Oh, okay. I have to oh. say, no, I was, Are you uh, from I was, here? Are you from here? Um, my father was a naval officer, so we moved here in 1960 to the West Bank, to the naval oh, okay. station over there. Yeah, and sure. uh, he retired in 64, and then we moved to Walnut Bend, right there on MacArthur. And so I grew up on the West Bank. Um, 
so I knew I knew Cranston because I actually went to Franklin uh, for a year back when, okay. and that's where I met Cranston back in high school. Wow! No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So you were you were like a Navy brat. You. I was. Emphasis oh, okay. on brat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so you were like what in Florida, Louisiana. I was born in Florida. Actually, I was born in Key West. Oh, okay. Well, that's and a then sweet yeah, yeah, I'm I'm one of seven kids that were born all up and down the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, we traveled wow. around a lot, but uh, I you know my dad. We we came to New Orleans in '60, and he retired here in '64. And um, you know, I always kind of, um, you know, feel like that was really a fortuitous thing for me for many reasons because I just loved the city so much. And sure. uh, you know, even as a kid, like moving here, I'm the young, one of the younger of the seven kids. Um, and uh, just listening to WTIX. And Irma Thomas and, you know, oh, my God, you know, all the Dixie Cups and, you know, er uh, Ernie Cato and Lee Dorsey and all that. Even as a kid, I'm not kidding, like even as a seven-year-old, I was like, this music is awesome. <laughs> I mean, that awesome wasn't a word back then, but. Right. But you, know, you, could, you could tell it was different from previous I places could, that you had lived. Totally, totally. And I just, I don't know, I, just, I loved it. And it made me... And how old were you then? I mean, I was like six when we moved here. Okay, okay, six years but old. But just okay. that, you know, just like I said, just listen to WTIX and, you know, WRNO and all, all those old radio stations. So where are you in the lineup of all the siblings? What are you... Uh, I'm the sixth of seven. You're the sixth of seven. Okay. Right. And you have how many brothers? Uh, I had two. My younger brother uh, passed away a couple of years ago. He lived oh, in Texas, and he was a he was a really um, great bass player. Uh, he played okay. with um, Gatemouth Brown and um, oh wow. wow, a lot of yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Of course, now I'm you know blanking out. But um, so Spicer, what kind of name is Spicer? I mean, it's a perfect name for a chef. It's English. It's, it's, it's English? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. All right, because it's a perfect name for a chef. It's so as, as when you were six years old and stuff, do you have any inkling to, like, you know, cook? No, not at that point. I just, uh, my mom was a great cook, and uh, so we always, we all loved to eat. We all, she cooked all different kinds of things, um, you know. We had lived in, in the Netherlands right before we moved to New Orleans, so she learned how to cook some of the Indonesian food, you know, that they used to uh, have the rice toffels and things like that in Holland because they had, you know, colonized and oppressed the Indonesians. But Right, um, right. <laughs> but we fell in love with the food, and she made a lot of great Indonesian dishes. That sort well, of I remember it. falling in love with the hash. The hash was great there in the in Netherlands. the Netherlands, what, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I fell in love with. Well, hash. sure. I was a little too young to yeah you know, experience right, right. that. But and I also uh, I wanted to say I'm also a, a big Alex Trebek fan, and uh, my nice. my stepson gave me a, a, a an Alex Trebek candle, so I have a little shrine while I'm watching Jeopardy. And I thought nice. Ken Jennings did an okay job, but he is a little bland. 
Yeah, know. he's he's milk. Alex he's was weird. a little bland too, you know, but he was just he had that he injected that little sense of humor every now and then. Well, he was from Canada, and the Canadians, for some reason, are very funny people. They're yeah, just very funny people. So he had a way of like keeping it real and keeping it very polite, but also keeping it, you know, a, a dig here, a dig there, or like yep. uh, he did do a little yeah, digging. Yeah, he, yeah. He definitely so, would, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, man. yeah, he. I mean, uh, I've been watching Jeopardy for like the you know re- religiously. I've been watching Jeopardy probably for the last twenty years, big time. I, and Wheel and Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and, that was uh, my mother's favorite program. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, I love those shows. But anyway, let's get back to you. Oh yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, well, Susan, so so you 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 started the 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 wonderful Biona in 1990. That's your like the first restaurant that you owned. Now, a lot of times people start several restaurants before one really clicks, but but that seems like one. I'm sure it was a tremendous amount of work, but it was a to 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 my uh, view, from my knowledge, it was a huge success right off the bat. Well, I came from a really small restaurant, and, and you know, the one thing um, is we had built up a pretty good following at this little restaurant, the Bistro at Maison de Ville, and um, the manager that I hired for Bayona was, had been the sommelier, the wine steward at the uh, Windsor Court, and he was really charming, and he was quite an interesting character, uh, and he brought a lot of people he brought a lot of customers. He also brought a few um, waiters. Uh, so we had a really great crew to begin with. I have a, a really strong sous chef uh, named Michelle Nugent. Renee, you may, y'all may know her. She uh, runs all the, um, uh, the food services for the Jazz Fest. She's been doing yes. that for quite yes. a long time, Michelle. And yes. uh, so she, she uh, was a no nonsense. You know, she could get a lot of stuff done, and a talented cook as well. So we had a great crew to begin with, and um, yeah, and it was a beautiful place. And I, I was never in a big hurry to have my own restaurant, um, but I really fell in love with the building. You know, it had a lot of charm, and I always said if I had a place in of my own, it would have to have outdoor dining. Because I love eating outside. I love, yeah, it's one of the things I love about going to Europe is eating out of doors, you know, outside. I think there's nothing like it. Well, let's, wait, wait, wait. Before you open, so what happens? You're 19, 20 years old, and all of a sudden you start getting, oh, no. you want to cook? Or what? Well, how old were you when you well, said, actually, I'm going to Actually, I, I was kind of intrigued by the idea, and I kind of looked up some culinary schools after I dropped out of high school and, and, uh, I mean, not out of high school, out of college. Um, uh-huh. I did manage to make it through high school. <laughs> okay. <for sure. laughs> so, but I, I um, you know, back then, which was a really long time ago, um, there was only one, uh, one, you know, cooking school, one real, you know, cooking institute. And that was the Culinary Institute of America up in New York. And I talked to my dad uh, about going there and he was like, no way, you know he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't pay <laughs> yeah. for it. Well, because back then it was a, you know, it was perceived as a really blue collar profession, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had high hopes for me scholastically, you know, and and professionally. He thought I was gonna 
you know, be a geologist or something like that. So, um, okay. yeah, the idea of me being a, you know, a cook was not at all what he envisioned. Yeah, so, one of my, my one of my brother in laws went to that place in New York. Yeah, uh, uh, and he's out in L.A. now, uh, but. He's he's basically just doing private stuff for people. He cooks privately. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really. He had some restaurants, but he just kind of like yeah. couldn't deal with it. You know? uh, but um, I, I I can understand that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. A challenging. It's a challenging career choice. You know, there's a lot of different things you can do with a culinary degree, but you know, right. restaurants are are always challenging, especially in a year like 2020. <laughs> so, so did you end up going to New York? No, I never went. No, I didn't. I just, uh, I cruised around and did a lot of different things. At that point, you know, I was, you know, obviously didn't, wasn't really that, um, uh, you know, interested in pursuing it. It was kind of a, it was more of a whim at that time. I mean, interested, but just not really driven to pursue it. So it, it, it wasn't until about 10 years later when I came back to New Orleans and I was, you know, just kind of hanging out and cooking socially with a friend of mine. And she was really great at it. And, and eventually she started working professionally and then she drew me into it. And mm. then she married a rich lawyer and got out of it. And I'm still doing it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, you know, I, I think of you as so genteel and, and refined, but I, I know really? the, the hmm. yes, it's just the way you come <laughs> off to me. Um, but I know the restaurant business is pretty, pretty uh, crazy. So uh, there's got to be a, a gritty side to Susan Spicer, I would imagine, back there in the kitchen. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm fairly tough, I guess. I mean, I'm, I have, I don't know. I don't know about gritty. I mean, I don't, I'm not a, well, I have a little Are bit you of a Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> no. Are you a no, I tend, I, I, I tend to be more sarcastic. I try to be a better manager and try to be, you know, I work on that every day about being more positive and not just, you know, and, and finding the good things that people do and not just always, you know, bitching at them about their mistakes or, or whatever. You know, you have to kind of, people are motivated by different things now. You know, so I try to lead by example. I try to, you know, I love cooking. I still get in there every day. I work the line at Rosedale. I make most of the specials. My uh, chef, Sarah, is is also a talented cook and she does stuff. Um, I love the process of collaboration. That's one thing I really enjoy. You know, I like coming up with an idea and talking it through. Um, my chef at, at Biona Eason Barksdale is kind of like my adopted son and we're very simpatico uh when it comes to food and so, so what about herb saint are you still involved with that no no i sold my partnership in herb saint quite a while ago okay uh, donald you know and we're still just good friends and um you know it was just good timing for me i took you know uh shortly after i sold that i opened mondo and mondo was fun to have for a while but it was kind of a beast and uh, I'm very, you know, so I, I sold Mondo a couple of years ago, and uh, now I have a a, a licensing agreement um, for the one at the airport. Yeah, at the airport, yeah. Well, yeah. I was very sad to see Mondo go in Lakeview because I, I love that place. Yeah, a lot of people did, but it was, yes. you know, it, it's 
a lot of employees and you know as i get older i just you know well it was more i think i think i i remember uh reading that it was more of your like this is my family restaurant this is where you can bring you know the whole family too it's not one of those places oh, it where definitely was the kids loved it they loved the pizza bar oh my god oh yeah you know, oh they, yeah my, really my child my child had two uh <laughs> birthday dinners there with their friends yep. going yeah. up and making their own pizza and stuff like that. So, I loved it. And uh, yeah. I went to the one at the airport and, and uh, when I flew to California, uh, right when the airport opened, in fact, and, and you, you guys there, there was one restaurant that had their shit together. Everyone else, all the other restaurants and bars there were, you could just tell they they didn't have their shit together. It they, was it was really tough because you know it wasn't just oh man it was just so many restaurants opening at one time and the whole you know supply chain and everything it was it was it was a really rough couple of months but then it kind of leveled out and got good and we had some good cooks there and and then a month later you know it was you know it shut down so but right. it's back open and it's you know okay. very 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 limited menu and i'll i would say probably i guess you know after the vaccine gets rolled out a little bit more you know and people start traveling again i'll get back out there and retrain and you know freshen up the menu and stuff like that but the nice thing is is i'm not the operator of the restaurant right. i can be out yes. there as much or as little as i want to be but yeah but i enjoy yes. you know i like meeting the cooks and i like talking to them about the food and showing them how i like it and you know i was i was pretty impressed they had some um oh man these uh these Bosnian women that were doing the prep out there and they were so good and so nice. So I hope they'll come back, you know, wow. it's an interesting crew. So is it open mm -hmm. now or no? It is open now. It's just, okay. you know, very, very modified menu, very right. small staff, you know, so it'll grow, it'll grow gradually, you know, hopefully we'll all get this things. So, uh, we also, you know, the other thing, well, aside from our insane, situation in <laughs> in washington dc we right. got a we got mardi gras coming up which is also going to be kind of kind of weird this year well yeah it's not really happening i mean do you yeah. expect a lot of people coming into town even though we have no, oh, no. parades or anything no okay. nah not really i think we're just going to have to make it you know just figure out what to do for you know so I'm reading your bio, Susan, uh -oh. and it talks about the mid to late 80s that you were, you were traveling to California and France a lot. That's what your bio says. So, yeah. I, I, so I, what I, was I, that for? Was that to just for learning yeah. know, about wines and food? I just enjoy traveling and, and, you know, and yeah, it was, um, it, well, I didn't really I, let's see i started cooking in 79 so yeah it would have been you know just eating and tr trying to learn i had i actually in 82 i did what they call a stage i worked for a summer at a hotel in uh, paris mm -hmm. and that was really a great experience uh really fun experience for me and gave me a chance to kind of compare you know back then in the 80s you know the french were still the shit 
as far as you know the culinary world i mean now it's like it it migrated to italy and then spain and now scandinavia hmm. you know really? are where people are you know looking for inspiration and probably beyond i mean you travel to france for that but then you were traveling to california for the drugs it's part of the French connection thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man, that was way long time ago. That would have been <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would have been the seventies before I started. Sure. Once I started, sure. once I started cooking, I had already kind of sown my wild oats, you know. So I, once I discovered yes. cooking, so you going there like to check out wine country and stuff? Not so much wine country. I mean, you know, I love to drink wine, and uh, but you know, I don't think my wine palate is as developed as it could be, but um. Uh, but just travel, just, you know, okay. more for fun, for fun and for cooking. I just read your bio and it said sometime during the eighties, you were traveling to France and California a lot. And I just was curious. I don't know about a lot. I mean, I went a couple of times to Cal different parts of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who wrote this bio. I went not only to France, I went to you know Spain, Italy, Greece. Um, you know, I traveled right. to um, you know I had the opportunity to go a lot of places. I went to and cooked in in uh, Bangkok for a couple of weeks. You know, in the okay. probably in the nineties because it was after Biona was open. But anywhere, you know, Argentina. Anywhere, you know, back then. You know. So you're saying you don't, you know, you like your wine, you drink yeah, wine, but I do. are you one of these people? Because I've met a lot of people, especially in the last 10 years, who like to pair wines with food. Are you a big enthusiast of that? I do. Yeah. Well, I enjoy it. I enjoy it in the context of like, um, you know, doing wine dinners. I mean, that was something we did a lot of at Biona. The winemakers would come and, and, uh, you know, you would taste the wines and then you would try to, to come up with a dish that was complimentary, um, either by being similar, uh, to the, to the flavors and the, you know, uh, aromas and the various things in the wine or by being, you know, or by contrasting. Because I tried doing that a couple of years ago. I tried to have a little uh, thing at my house where I paired food and wine. Uh, I could not find one wine that went well with uh, peanut butter and jelly. Oh, you know? oh I think a lot of wines would go good with that. I, I, well, the wine, I, I could not find one. And oh. also uh, one with uh, chili Colorado. I could not find one <laughs> no, with that... chili Colorado. Probably much less the chili Colorado than the peanut yeah. butter and jelly. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of drinks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Susan, we're, we usually at this time, we take a little break uh, okay. to, to uh, refill our libation that me and Renee drink. I don't know if you're drinking a libation right now or you drinking I am. anything. Drinking a little glass of wine. Yeah. Oh, great. Nice. And uh, what are you drinking again? White wine? Uh, red wine, a Pinot Noir. I, that really goes good with onion dip. Mmm. <laughs> Probably does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, our, our troubled nation knows that we always take a break halfway through the show to go refill our drink, and uh, I see we'll, we'll be right back, okay? Okay. Tonight, tell me everything tonight. There's something sweet about the moon. 
we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman, back with our guest, Miss Susan Spicer. Now, Susan, Hello. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, this terrific product that uh, has been associated with the Troubled Men podcast, but uh, Manny, why don't you go ahead and tell Susan about this great product? Susan, this, this is product is called the Velo Bar, V-E-L-O-B-A-R, Velo Bar. It is a uh, protein bar that has 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Mm. Should be called the Mellow Bar. Yeah, well, if you try it, you might think that, yeah. But Mellow Bar is a perfect dose to take the edge off, whatever you're dealing with right now. It's a healthy protein bar that will fill you up and calm you down. And who doesn't need that right now? You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. It's vegan. It's a vegan bar. It's a plant-based mm. uh, bar from protein superfoods like uh, pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, and chia seeds. It's a great stress relief bar. It could be eaten for breakfast after a workout. It, it tastes. It tastes great. The nation knows all about it. it, it they've, oh, yeah. they've been known about it for a while now. Uh, our sponsor here. He's a great guy. A great company. And if you go right now, Susan, to velobarcbd.com to make an order. And if you use the Troubled Men 1-5 promo code, you'll get 15% off your order and shipping is free. And that's yes. all you need to know. And, and so spread the word around. Share it with your friends. It's called VeloBar. And uh, there's some, some exciting stuff about VeloBar coming in the new year. And yes. we'll talk about that as the weeks go by. But right now, go to their website, VeloBarCBD.com. Use our code TROUBLEMEN15 to get 15% off, and shipping is free. You know, I, I, I ordered some, Renee, on New Year's Day where we got an extra six per, uh, an extra uh, 21% off my order, and uh -huh. our, good friend, uh, our good friend, the CEO of Velobar, he kicked in a bunch of freebies. So I, okay. I, I've got Velobars for like the next three months, man. Nice. I'm rocking the nation, yeah. You'll be and, eating and, almost nothing else, just just a yeah, yeah. bar diet. I, I, yeah, I eat them like I eat my sticks of butter, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So check it out. The nation knows, and share it with all your friends. Nation, it's a great product, and and it, they're gonna they're only getting bigger. So uh, get yes. it, get on, get on board now. Join, uh, jump on that wagon. Yep. And be a part of the Velo Bar uh, CBD revolution. Yes. revolution, exactly. Anything else? Um, no, well, as always, if you want to support the Troubleman podcast directly, we have the PayPal link there. You can jump on and, uh, you know, buy us, uh, some cocktails or, uh, you know, support the operating costs. And I want to remind the nation, uh, it's never too late to, uh, subscribe to the podcast. You know, I, had, I haven't mentioned that in a long time, but, uh, you know, we're on the, the, uh, Apple podcasts or Spotify and, uh, every, uh, podcast provider and uh, you know go ahead and uh, and subscribe to the podcast because you know you're getting all this terrific content all these terrific guests like our guest tonight and uh, you know it's uh, just more to come down the pike so uh, you know avail yeah. yourself of that now yeah. now let's get back to our guest and I have a few uh, I want to dig in for her opinion on some things you know because I, hmm. I have a few uh, a few bones to pick with the I do right, too. Right, right. Okay. Not, not, not with not bones to pick with you, but just some some issues with uh, fine dining in general. Now, um, you know, you have uh, you have the fine dining restaurant Biona. You have you know more uh, casual neighborhood place Rosedale. 
Now, my my one of my uh, bones to pick is the. There seems to be a huge decline in uh, decorum and people's sense of of uh, propriety. You know, I've I've been in 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 a bunch of different fine dining establishments and you have people coming in with shorts and flip-flops. It's <laughs> it's a real problem for me. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, you know, we've never had a dress code per se at Bayona because I always said, well, you know, I want my friends to be able to come there too. But, you know, most of my <laughs> friends are have enough um, couth, I guess you could say, to not wear sure. shorts and flip-flops, you know. So, um you know, I, I think I remember I remember actually when I was in Paris and I had a good friend and uh, we went out, you know, this was when I was cooking there. Um, and this was a, a French friend of mine that I had known for many years. And, and we were going to a very fancy restaurant or a very well-known restaurant, I should say. And, you know, I was all dressed up and I, you know, and, and he he came out and he had jeans and a a nice silk shirt you know like a nice shirt but jeans and I was like wow you know we're going to this three-star restaurant I'm, we're gonna drop a load of money and he's like yeah here in France you know if you can afford to eat at places like that they don't really you know they don't really tell you you know there's not such a thing as a dress code but everybody knows that you don't you know you don't show up looking like a bum so, oh, my God, sorry. Something just <laughs> something just fell onto my keyboard and everything. But anyway, all's well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know. I, I always feel like the food tastes better if, if, you, if you're looking nice, you know, just uh, like. Yeah, I think so, too, you know. Everybody likes a sharp-dressed man. My husband, my husband and I are like that. You know, we still dress up to to go on an airplane you know we at least make sure we okay, look nice. nice you know we're not wearing pajamas or sweatpants <laughs> or whatever you know good for you susan you have some class that's right yeah i mean come on really you know? All right, I, I i have some questions kind of like renee has too um, okay let me on. ask you this uh, okay can dip be a meal absolutely it can? In my house, it can. <laughs> okay. I don't know about at a restaurant. Now, what, what, what's your favorite dip? Well, you know, we talked about onion dip and red wine, but uh, so, but dip you consider can be a meal? I, I think it can be a meal. I mean, it'll fill you up if you eat enough of it, right? Uh, that's what absolutely. And you can dip different things in it, you know, so you can have variety um you know i like some hummus i like a good hummus i like uh uh fresh guacamole we make yeah guacamole of course we make this thing at uh this greek dip at rosedale called taramasalata and it's made mm. it's made with fish eggs but it's so good it's lemony and garlicky and it's fluffy. It's got a lot of olive oil in it. It's really delicious. Can you quickly tell the nation about Rosedale because it's 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 in a old uh, like like a train it's an old station. police station. No, it's yeah, an old, old police station, station that yeah. you know, the, the the trains used to come by and pick up prisoners, right? <laughs> Something like that. Wow, Something that's like that. an interesting yeah, yeah. story. Um, that's true. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't recall that being part of the history. You have that. The railroad tracks <laughs> do run behind it, um, and it's in a it's in a really uh, kind of a residential neighborhood. It's a funky a funky old building that was a like basically a police you know station that was had some holding cells and stuff. It was kind of like the drunk drunk tank. Which are the bathrooms there now, right? There are bathrooms now, and we're right down the street from. Um, Holt Cemetery, which is where Buddy Bolden is reputedly buried. So I never you know. heard of him. I never heard <laughs> of him. But anyway, um, but yeah, uh, we went there uh, not too long ago, and uh, we've been there quite a few times since it opened. Um, but uh, it's great history there because of that whole. Yeah. Railroad kind of thing and the old police station. Yeah, and the original building was actually on uh, West End when West End was a canal. And it got moved from the West End Canal, which is now the West End you know, Expressway, the I-10. And it got moved over. And also, the other part of the history was that the... the there's a fire station next door. Right. Uh, I don't you know. And that area that location um was supposedly the old colored waifs home which is where louis armstrong uh spent some time right. and supposedly okay, would, again right. according to legend local legend that's where he you know learned to play trumpet yes yeah he learned to play trumpet i think you know i think he got a trumpet from the uh people that owned you know that he uh Work for it down on Rampart Street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Karnikoski's, yes. Right. But it's um it's a cool it's a cool neighborhood. It, it's a little bit like feels a little bit like being out in the country, lots of out outdoor dining. Yeah, the only problem I had with that neighborhood, the streets around there take Oh my god, they're so bad. They're horrible. The streets there are horrible. Yeah. That's why I don't like to go there at night because you never know if you're gonna hit a fucking five foot <laughs> pothole. Yeah, you just gotta just gotta drive kind of gingerly and you know keep your eyes peeled. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, no I I will admit that they're supposed to be doing some road work. Of course, they were supposed to. Sure, have they started are. It, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, what can I say? But, um, <laughs> and it's a funny little place. But you know, our one of our mottos, one of the things we say is uh, hard to find, easy to get to. So, right. Okay. Once you know where it is. That uh, duck, is it that duck pastrami sandwich you have there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fabulous. Thank it melts you. In, it melts in your mouth, that duck pastrami. Mm. It's so good. You go through a it's lot of it. so good. Speaking of really good food, um, um, I want to know, because you're a James Beard Award winner. You have all these restaurants. You've been all over the world. But uh, as a chef, as a big shot chef and all that, uh, is there a fast food that you like? Um, wow. That I is mean, is there, every once in a while, you, you just say, yeah. ah, maybe oh, yeah. I'd like to have some McDonald's french fries or something. Popeyes. Popeyes and yeah. McDonald's. McDonald's was the first, like, in 19, about 1965. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up, like I said, I grew up on the West Bank and on uh, Cable Drive in General Meyer, McDonald's was the first fast food place. Well, it wasn't the first one because there was a Royal Castle down the street and the royal castle was the very first you know place and that was but do you course. still i mean do you go to mcdonald's today is it like in the past six months have you gone to mcdonald's and yes, say i, I could i will yeah. not, i 
can I cannot tell a lie. Yes, I'm a quarter, <laughs> I got a quarter pounder with cheese and a small order of fries. Well, yeah. uh, you, you and my daughter, you and my daughter are the same person. <laughs> she, she orders the same thing. And then we get Popeyes probably three times a year. Oh, okay. Well, every I, few I, months. I stay away from Popeyes, to tell you the truth. But now, um, now my question was going to be uh, the uh, Popeyes chicken sandwich versus the Wendy's chicken sandwich. Um, <laughs> do, do you have an opinion? Because I definitely have one. Uh, <laughs> I don't because I I don't I haven't hit Wendy's in a, quite a long time. I don't know, probably like years and years. I love the Wendy's chicken sandwich, the spicy chicken sandwich, and then then Popeyes came out with one, and everybody was raving about it. They were killing over it. They were killing over. <laughs> they were killing each other over it. That's true. <laughs> People that were dying for those chicken oh sandwiches. Oh my god! Can you believe that? Then I got one, and I th- I actually felt kind of like, ill. Eh? It was it was weak, super greasy. It's like I think you could actually yeah. wring out a Popeye's chicken sandwich and have grease <laughs> like dripping out. Um, so so you know me personally, not to uh, you know not to disparage a local or once local company, but uh, yeah, I, I got to go with the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Just me personally. Okay, moving on. Um, so <laughs> I'm not fighting you over that. No, no. My other restaurant question is, I was thinking, you know, the, the restaurant business, you guys kind of like, uh, you know, discretion is, 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 is part of your stock and trade, right? I mean, things go on in the restaurant, uh, you know, people, people, you know, your customers are, they expect a certain level of, of discretion, um, kind of a don't ask, don't tell as, as, have there been people, uh, things go on in the restaurant where you've actually had to 86 anyone or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. At Bayona, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really? I mean, you know, <laughs> well, you know, it might be something like overstepping their bounds with a, a, an employee, you know, getting okay. fresh with an employee oh, yeah. or something like that. That's usually what it is. Drunken dudes that, you know. Right, want to want to get handsy with you know a a, a waiter um, of either sex. Um, sure, you know, yeah. There have been people like you know. I, I really the the one that stands out to me that fortunately didn't have to witness, but you know, I think somebody like mooned somebody at a table, you Holy know, or something. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I know. What's wrong I'm with people? Well, you know, when, when you're, you know, when you mix alcohol with anything, you know, it brings out not always the best in people. But yeah, that person was permanently banned. Okay, very good. I'm glad to hear it. And the funny thing is, a lot of times it's your big spenders, you know, because they're buying all that, that, that you know, expensive California Cabernet that, you know, they've been told is, you know, they don't know what it tastes like, but and and they feel entitled because of all the oh, money. totally yes yes. But also, you might get trouble because I know you every year at Bayona do that uh, twenty-five cent martini gig. Oh don't you? my gosh! Yeah, but you know, for some reason, those people they say, I, yeah, I don't know how anybody can day drink like that. You know, martini. Right. That that's just not something that's part of. Well, my- you haven't met my family, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's it's amazing you know i was really surprised at how successful um 
that was at bringing people out. You know, I was like, oh, you know, they can do that. Yeah, nobody's going to want to drink that much. Oh, man, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> very, very successful marketing uh, situation there. Well, good for you. Yeah, good for but, you. But, you know, people, people, I don't know. We've never, I don't think we've had too, too many problems with, with that. Right. Good, good, good. I guess because they, I guess because it's in the daytime and they move on, and you know that right. was lunch promotion. So I guess you know they get started with the twenty-five cent martinis and move on to bigger and better things mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Become somebody else's problem. Yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. walk through the quarter and they get the ten-dollar hand grenade. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> but let me ask you something. You've been in this business a long time. Uh, can you or will you name a, a chef or critic that you just wanted to say fuck off to? You know, <laughs> a critic, you know, who didn't like your food or something like that, and you're looking back, you know, maybe 20 years ago, go, fuck that person, man. Oh, um, you know, there have been a couple <laughs> uh, local, yeah, there was a local critic that, used to give me all these like left-handed compliments. I mean, he was always really nice to my face and everything and, and friendly, but when he would write about my food, he would always say something like, you know, Spicer's small army of loyal followers, you know, emphasis on oh, small. Brother. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of the left-handed, you know, not quite a real dig, but, you know, uh, so I, you know, I probably might have said that under my breath a few times, but no. It's not Tom know. Fitzmorris, is it? No, it wasn't actually Tom Fitzmorris. Uh, but I mean, there can't, there can't be any, I mean, I'm an actor. I've been acting all my life and entertaining, but there, we've always gone to the, the saying, there's no bad press. How can there be bad press? Unless someone's a loyal follower of, of a, of a, a critic. Yeah. Or, you know, so there really is no bad press because... I'm intrigued because when I read a, a bad review on a restaurant, I say to myself, well, I went there two weeks ago. The food was great. You know, I don't know yeah. what this guy's talking about. Every restaurant has off days. You know, it's just, it's a hard business. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of room for human error. I mean, a lot. You know, I can't taste every dish. I don't know if my cook is putting salt in, you know, seasoning the dishes. I mean, I tell them. But right. you know, I can't take a bite out of everybody's food going out of the sure. kitchen. You know, it, so, I mean, things happen. Things are going to happen. And, you know, the thing about being at Rosedale is it's like after being in fine dining for 40 years, um, you know, I'm just having a great time. I'm just having a great time cooking. It's so, uh, my standards are the same, but the pressure is just so different. You know, I'm, right. I'm so happy there. And I was happy nice. at Bayona for a long time, but it gets to be a grind. It does get to be a grind after, you know, we're, we've been open 30 years and, yes. uh, yeah. you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to, you know, and, and I think, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, Eason is there and, and that he knows how I like the food and he's, really motivated and he's really talented and you know we enjoy like i said we enjoy collaborating on things but you know he's i won't even say how much younger than me he is and you know it it takes it takes a lot of energy to do that day in and day out to do that fine dining thing 
yeah, and manage all those employees and stuff. And at Rosedale, I have fewer people that I got to worry about. You know, I just I love it. I I think our food is really good, and I just I don't know. Yes. The place is very personal to me. It's I like the neighborhood. It's you know, just I'm just very happy there. I I love it. Nice. Well, the one thing I always want and what you want from a restaurant is you want them to be consistent. And that's all I ask for. You know, that's just to be consistent with the flavor, with the flavor of all the dishes, you know, every day. If they can try to be consistent, I'm going there all the In fact, uh, my wife and I every Friday we order out from somewhere cuz we're trying to keep these places in business. You know, so we, for the past six months, we've been like basically every Friday night ordering from somewhere. Awesome. To try to keep, and you know, we found about consistently good and not if you're consistently bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 we don't want that. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm. If I want consistently bad, then I'll cook. You know. There you go. Something you can count on. Susan, are are there restaurants that can you enjoy going and 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 sitting in a restaurant yourself and and Absolutely. just uh, do it as a fan? Yes, definitely. There's plenty of them. I like you know. I tend to like again. I, you know, I, I I I like more casual places. Um, you know, I like places like uh, I like Margie's. It's a good place. I still love yeah. all of the Link restaurants. They're great restaurants. Yes. Um, you know, Herb Saint is still one of my favorite restaurants. I, you know, I go there from time to time. Um, you know, Brightson's from time to time. Uh, El Pavo Real for Mexican. Wow, you yeah, just yeah, named like you just named two of. We go to El Pavo and we go to Margie's. We try to keep them going. Mm-hmm. We go there at least once a month to both those places. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the the chef owner at El Pavo, I forget her name, but when they first opened, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay, that's her name. And they got that cute little daughter. What's her name? I forget. I don't know the daughters. I can't yeah. remember. When they first opened, the daughter was only like eight, nine months old, yep. and they had her in a crib behind the bar. Oh yeah. They just kept her in this crib oh, behind man. the bar. They work hard. Oh yeah, and her husband is uh, from Mexico. Right. She she met him at a working at a, I think they were working at Lola's together or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she decided to open their own place. And I'll tell you, man, you know, being from LA with the Mexican food I grew up in LA, uh, their their dishes are pretty very close to some of the dishes I had in LA and some of the dishes my grandmother made too. Wow. Yeah. You know? And uh, so we try to go there. Uh, we try to get takeout there. We don't really dine in. Yeah. We haven't dined anywhere. But El Pavo is great, and Margie's Grill is great because I like the way they keep changing the menu. Mm-hmm. I love that. They change the menu constantly, and it's always a surprise. I just don't like all those guys and gals with the tattoos and beards there. <laughs> you know, especially the girls with the beards. I just don't oh, yeah. get it. You know. <laughs> but, but, well, it's good that you, you, you know, you go out there, you try to keep these places in business. That's what we're trying to do. And I, another place that's very consistent that we love to go to is, uh, you ever been to Pharmacy? Oh, yeah. It's been a while. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's been pre-pandemic, I have to say. 
Um, yeah, well, those two, those two guys, uh, the, the two cousins are great. They, they yeah, and it's it's, it's 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 bar and grill food. It's just basically burgers yeah. and wings. But uh, yeah, and the mussels is a great dish there too. Yep. And uh, another place is Mofo. I find kind oh, of yeah. Of, you know. Yeah, that's a yeah. Both Pablo Real and Mofo have ex ex Mondo employees. Yeah, Paul Shell actually at at Mofo. He's uh, oh, yeah? worked for me at Bayona and Mondo. He's just a great guy, and Mike's a great guy. So it's a cool place. Uh, I'm getting hungry. I yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, you know, I, I know we're we're closing in on on your uh, your your window of opportunity hour. here. <laughs> yes, but I uh, just wanted to to look uh, into the horizon I got, for I got some flounder to fry. Yeah, well, you got a flounder to fry. Okay, well, <laughs> um, uh, fan mail from some flounder, as they used to say on uh, Bullwinkle. Um, uh, Another favorite. You have, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a classic, Rocky and Bullwinkle, never go out of yep. style. Um, so I saw you have uh, on WYES uh, Public Television, you have a season of personal chefs coming up, which you're, you're one of the personal chefs, and I guess that's a... Uh, television series that you're going to be starring in here? No, it's actually it's actually just a series of um, fundra It's a fundraiser for for uh, WIES. So okay, um, yeah. So what they do every year, they usually have a dinner. You know, they usually have about a dozen fundraiser dinners at various restaurants. And this year, I think it's probably a lot fewer <laughs> restaurants participating. Um, Eason from Biona and I are going to cook a Chinese dinner from Rosedale for pickup. It's going to be, you know, four courses packaged for takeout. And, um, and then, you know, at, I guess the pickup is going to be from like four to five thirty or so. And then at like six or something, we're going to do a, a, a one hour demo talk, you know, something tap dance okay. I don't know. right right you know. that's happening on january 26th i believe yeah. so the tuesday january 26th mm -hmm. yeah put that on your also, calendar susan susan i wanted to bring this up before we sign off okay um, um you know you're friends with the clemens brothers and we uh actually spent the last mardi gras at the circle oh, bar i know year. we've spent a couple of oh i hit yeah. we hit the circle bar pretty much every mardi gras i guess not this year it's just gonna be different in so many ways but oh my goodness yes i'm always like it's kind of like um i'm working a lot during mardi gras so i save up all my celebrating for mardi gras day and i always uh completely overindulge <laughs> but this the Circle Bar was always like just such an awesome stop, you know, from going to see Zulu and then and then you know up up around Jackson and then working our way down to the quarter or the Bywater or wherever. And the Circle Bar is always like the perfect pit stop, man. It's so much yeah. fun. Oh, I'm gonna yes. miss that place. Damn, I know no it kidding, was. It, no and, and this last one, this last one, well, the very last one this past year. Uh, last year was was so much fun i I, I don't remember seeing i it was like people I, I hadn't seen in years i was like man 
what's going on with you? You know, <laughs> I would see you. Always, yeah, I know. You know, and Dave and, and Dave and his gal are such great hosts. They are, and uh, it, that place is going to be missed, man. Uh, I, mean, I lived, I lived upstairs for about. I know four you years. did. I know yeah. you did, man. And uh, I had my bachelorette party. Well, I mean, we we started somewhere else, but I remember. Um, I remember that because I was the guy who jumped out of the cake. The Plowboys were playing there. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. anyway. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's, it's good a good time, a good way to finish with a toast to the Circle Bar. There you yes, go. Yes. Well, I have to get the one one more uh, New Orleans connection just to illustrate how everything is connected here. Uh, my father only taught in the classroom for, oh for two years <laughs> at my junior high school. <laughs> you were one of his few students. <laughs> Oh man, I remember, you know, I mean, my ninth, was it ninth grade? Yeah, my ninth grade dance, you know, your, your dad, your dad's band, I think played for, you know, what was it really? called? <laughs> Renee Coman combo or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Renee Coman quartet. Yeah. Yeah. Really, they played, yeah. they played at the, at the Card junior high school dance. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> oh okay, man. Well. I remember your dad well. Yes. Oh, very good. Uh, very good. That's, some, that's going back a couple of years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> well, Susan, uh, thank you so much for coming fun. on the podcast, man. Man, I'm I'm honored. I'm I'm really, you know, uh, it's been a, a really great time, and uh, you know. Let I'm, me ask you something before we sign off, Susan. Let me ask you one thing. Um, uh, have you ever dined and ditched? <laughs> Let me think. I have to think about that one. I've been, I've been a couple of times, but I don't think I ever have. I have to okay. think on that one. All right. Well, listen, you've been a great, it's been a pleasure having you. You've been a great guest. Uh, we always like to say before we sign off that, uh, what do we say? Uh, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. Good night. I don't want to live where everybody lives. Chisling. Everybody else.